0: church are coming from the balcony, making their way around, so we'll take plenty of time, no rush on that at all, but while they're coming, if you want to go ahead and turn your copy of God's Word, Second Thessalonians chapter 2, um, we're going to pick up in verse 11 and 12, and y'all pray real hard, with, uh, Lord willing, I've been getting, uh, working on getting a new pulpit uh, for our worship center, and Lord willing, it's going to be ready this week sometime, so y'all pray real hard that my stained man gets it done, I tell you. I got a dear old friend, teammate, um, special, special friend to me that's taking care of that, getting it ready this week. So hopefully we'll have that. I I like having something a little sturdy because I'm a little rough sometimes, amen? No, not really, but hey, 2 Thessalonians chapter 2, and we're going to pick up in verse 11 and 12 in our reading here in just a moment or two, okay? We're talking about developments of the last days. We've been talking about this subject throughout this chapter, and we're going to talk about this section that is very important. I want to encourage you today as you listen, listen aggressively, have an open heart, open mind, open Bible, and just really, I pray you receive today some things that's going to help you, because we live in a world where there's a whole lot of, a whole lot of thoughts going around and a whole lot of ideas and we need something solid to stand on and that is the word of God. 2 Thessalonians chapter 2 verses 11 and 12 you found your place in Physically able. would you stand with me? Honor and reverence to the reading of the word of God. Two verses today and here's what the scripture says And for this reason God will send them strong delusion that is key phrase, that they should believe the lie, that they all may be condemned who did not believe the truth, but had pleasure in unrighteousness. Father, in Jesus' name, I pray you'd add your blessing to the reading of your word, and I pray, Father, that you would take us today as your vessel. Fill us with the power of the spirit of the living God. And remind me that this pulpit is a place for this preacher to die so others can live. And I pray people find new life, new purpose, and new direction by being here today. In Jesus' name, amen and amen. Thank you. you can be seated. So today we're still speaking on the subject of developments in the last days. So I've shared with you throughout this chapter, it gives us a great deal of information on events that will occur in the last days, those days just prior to the return of our Lord. You know, keep in mind that all biblical prophecy points toward uh, the, the literal revelation of Jesus Christ. And what we realize, the believers of Scripture, is that seven years prior to the actual literal bodily return, of our Lord Jesus to the earth, an event called the rapture of the church will take place where those who trusted Christ in the church age will literally be caught up to meet the Lord in the air. The Bible says, so shall we ever be with the Lord. So as we study Bible prophecy, we have to understand that everything we're studying is pointing toward the revelation and that prior to that uh, being the rapture, so we know that he must be even at the door Much of the attention of this chapter thus far has been given to the Antichrist, the man of sin, and we have studied how he will conduct himself as he rises to power during the days of great tribulation immediately following the rapture of the church. We've also learned last time together that there is a restraining force that is responsible for holding back the spread of evil and the beginning of the day of the Lord, which is a time period between the rapture of the church and the revelation of Jesus Christ, seven years. We knew that that restraining force, and we identified that restraining force to be the third person of the Godhead, the Holy Spirit, and how that the Holy Spirit lives and dwells in the hearts of believers. And when the church is raptured to meet the Lord in the air, the Holy Spirit will not cease to exist because He's God. he will literally step aside, he will literally be moved away, and then at that point, the evil will spread, and the day of the Lord will be in full gear. In today's text, there's a clear focus on a group of people that my heart breaks for. It is those who reject Jesus Christ, and according to verse 10, do not receive the love of the truth that they might be saved. The phrase, the love of the truth, only appears once and right here in the New Testament <clears throat> and is very significant. John MacArthur said, based on that statement, that the unregenerate are eternally lost, not because they do not understand the truth, but because they do not love the truth. A lot of people understand the gospel, they can wrap their heart and mind around it, but they do not love the gospel, they do not love the person of the gospel, they've not repented of their sin and trusted Jesus. MacArthur goes on to say, the truth indicates both the word of the truth, which is the gospel according to Colossians five, and the Lord Jesus who is the incarnate truth according to John 14.6, unbelievers do not welcome either Jesus or the gospel that he proclaimed. Their antipathy or their resistance or their rejection to the truth is not intellectual but moral and self-imposed blindness which leaves the unredeemed under an incriminating level of satanic deception. It is not surprising that the Antichrist will have the ability to deceive the entire lost world during his reign. So this brings us to these final two verses that we read just a moment ago in chapter two. The apostle Paul is writing these words and he is writing them to enlighten the church because he's writing to the church, amen? He's writing to the church at Thessalonica and he's writing to the church in Heflin, Alabama today and he is writing to enlighten and prepare the church for all that is ahead. But due to such blatant rejection of Christ and open reception of the Antichrist, God will be forced to act severely on those who have rejected him. The language in these verses is very strong. It is very thought-provoking and it should move our hearts and minds that if we are children of God, we ought to be grateful, amen? And if we are children of God, we ought to be broken over those who are not. And if you are not a child of God, I pray that you and your heart and mind would be enlightened today, that you would not continue to walk in darkness, and that you would not experience the things that we're about to talk about in verses 11 and 12. Developments in the last days. We notice... Here in verse 11, he talks to us about strong delusion. That's an interesting compound word there, strong delusion. The world will be able, will be in a state of utter chaos after the rapture of the church. The Antichrist will seem to be the one who brings some civility, some order. He will seem to have the answers. But he will also be pressing his evil agenda One that is filled with ungodliness and his ungodliness rages everywhere. Many who rejected the true and authentic Christ will remain on the earth. They will be literally left behind. So how will God respond to them? Well, the scripture says very clearly that he will send them strong delusion. Now verse 11 is a very challenging verse and it reveals to us some things about the outcome of those who persistently reject the Lord Jesus and re- reject the truth of God's word. Now there are two views to that and I want to share both of them with you. And I'll share with you what I think but I want to share both of these views with you because they have some merit. The first view is this, is that God himself will deliberately delude the reasoning of the disobedient and seal their condemnation. You say, well, where's the precedent for such acts of God in scripture? Well, the precedent is found in many biblical texts in the Old Testament and most notably in the New Testament in Romans chapter one, verse 28. When he is speaking of the vileness and the sensual activity and ungodly immoral world that we live in, he says in Romans 128 that even as they did not like to retain God in their knowledge, God gave them over to a debased or a reprobate mind to do the things which are not fitting. So they were so determined to do what they wanted to do, the way they wanted to do, how they do, that God literally turned them over to a reprobate mind. I learned from Danny Akin as I was studying this week and he said this on this subject. He said, for those who persist in willful disregard for God by loving their sin and loving more than they love him, God simply fixes or confirms their pathway to eternal destruction. While God did not cause their sin, we live in a world where we love to blame everybody else for what we do. We like to call things mistake that really are just decisions, Right? He said, God did not cause their sin. He subjects them to the power of the error that they chose. God uses their choice of evil as an instrument to punish their sin. Choose the behavior, parents, we tell our children, then you choose the consequences. Sadly, in our culture today, there are few consequences for ungodly behavior. Oh, Amen. I mean, there's just a few consequences. There's no fear of punishment. So therefore, everybody continues to do as they will. Uh, this view says that God will have had enough, and for those that rejected him in this church age, he will literally allow them to be so delusioned that they will not be able to make a decision for him, and it's too late. There's a second view. And the second view of Paul's statement is that God will permit the Antichrist to delude the reasoning of the disobedient. I learned this week from this view that God would send strong delusion, literally delusion meaning a working by deceit. He will do so by having the restrainer to step aside as we read in verses six and seven and by letting Satan's undiluted and unchecked lying have its way all over the earth. Now, God does this according to this view by his permissive will, not his determinative will. In other words, Satan will be for a time totally free to give the people exactly what they want to believe and that is the lie. Now you want to underline that in your Bible too. It's not just a lie, it's the lie. We'll get more to it in a moment. Society will not be restrained from believing Satan's ultimate deception and the lie of the Antichrist is that God's salvation is through him and not God alone. That's another view. But here's the point. Regardless of which view you hold, I lean more toward the fact that God, the Bible said God will send it so it would be something God does in and of himself. He doesn't need to use the Antichrist to do any of his business, amen? But regardless of which way you embrace, we must not miss the point. And the point is this, that those who ultimately suffer delusion and judgment will do so not because they failed to have an opportunity to be saved, but because they would not believe and receive the truth when they had the opportunity. Regardless of which view you hold about the strong delusion, you can't miss the point. The point is this, grace is being extended today. God is pleading through the preachers who are standing with the word in their hand and the power of God in their heart. God is pleading through the work of the Holy Spirit all across this world through believers who are sharing their faith and on mission with God. God is using opportunity after opportunity to get the gospel into your ears, into your mind and hopefully take seed in your heart so that you would submit to the lordship of Jesus Christ now is your opportunity it's not that you don't have an opportunity it's whether or not you accept and receive him when you get that opportunity. So when we look at this strong delusion and we look at these possible views We've got to ask ourselves a couple of reasons, a couple of questions. One is, what is the reason for this strong delusion? Well, here's what the scripture says. For this cause. You know what that means? There's a cause for the action for which God is about to take. I truly believe this, that God offers the free gift of eternal salvation to whosoever will repent of their sins and place their faith in Jesus Christ. Do you believe that? I believe that Jesus went to the cross for the sins of the entire world. I believe that he died for whosoever. I don't believe that he decided to die for just a certain group of people. And I believe that the blood of Jesus Christ is sufficient enough to cleanse the sins of the entire world. Every man, woman, boy, or girl above the age of accountability that has ever been born and lived, the blood of Jesus Christ is sufficient. I believe that. So when the Bible tells us these things, we've gotta really take heart to it. You say, well now, preacher, I don't know if Jesus died for everybody. Preacher, I don't know if it's really the will of God for all to be saved. Well, let's look to see what the Word of God says about that. 1 Timothy 2, verse 4, 5, and 6 says, God desires all men to be saved and come to the knowledge of the truth. How many more times does he got to tell you? Verse five says this, for there is one God and one mediator between God and men, the man Christ Jesus, who gave himself a ransom for all to be testified in due time. In the book of 2 Peter, I believe it is, he said it is not God's will that men would perish, but that all would come to repentance. You need to stay clear away from folks who are telling you that Jesus died for some and not for all. You need to stay clear away from folks that tell you the blood's not sufficient to cleanse the sins of the entire world. It is his will that all would be saved and come to the knowledge of the truth. But however, we realize that not everybody's gonna do that. When people continue to reject the truth and embrace the way of the world over the word of God, he allows them to reap the consequences of their behavior. But ladies and gentlemen, hear me. Thankfully, in this day of grace, some consequences are are temporary. They can be repented of and you can move forward. But when people get to this point, they will have rejected the Lord and it will be everlasting too late. Warren Wiersbe said this. He said a person can so resist the truth that he finally becomes deluded and has to believe a lie. There can be no neutral ground. Either we believe the truth or we believe a lie. To reject the truth means to receive the lie. Wow. There's a reason for this strong delusion, but not only is there a reason, there is a result. What is the result of this strong delusion that they may believe, here's the key word, the lie? Not just any lie, but the lie. Why would God do such a thing? Why would God send such strong delusion upon those who reject the truth? And here's the answer. Because they believed the lie. What is the lie? The lie is that the Antichrist is the way of salvation. The the, the lie is that the Antichrist is the true God. Not only did they believe the lie and the lies of Satan, but they lived as though they had no need of God, and therefore refused to confess Him as Lord. Listen to me, friend. When you live for Jesus Christ, here's the one. Here's the, something that you don't ever need to forget. When you live for Jesus Christ and you walk with Him every day, and you run into a crisis, you don't have to go hunt Him up. Amen. Y'all ever met folks? They have no regard for God. They have no regard for the things of God. They have no respect for the word of God, the man of God, the people of God, the house of God, but yet when they have a tragedy, they become real spiritual. Ladies and gentlemen, hear me you don't ever want to have to put it on you don't ever have to make it up you don't want to have to work it up it needs to be a love relationship with the sovereign God of the universe so that when you experience difficulty when you experience tragedy when you experience unexpected things you continue walking with God who has walked with you safe thus far oh hear me so who are the they I always get tickled here in the south Well, you know what they say and around our house we got a joke we always say, especially when the girls were growing up, well that's what they say daddy. I said would you please identify the faceless and nameless they because I don't know who they are. You know it's kind of like when you were growing up did y'all ever say this to your parents? Well I want some of them kind of tennis shoes because everybody's got (laughs) them. Right? I remember one time I wanted me some Reebok tennis shoes. Now I want to tell you my daddy was tight, he still is. He squeak, walk, spend a dime, give you nine cents change. But he, boy, I ain't buying them shoes, it cost too much. So you know how I got me some Reebok tennis shoes? I worked at Fireworks City. $2 an hour, man. I was getting rich. I remember one time I worked so many hours at $2, $2.50 an hour. I, I made like $300. You know how many hours you got to work to make $300? But I thought, you know what I really thought? I got $300 one, I was about to the ninth grade. It might have been $3 an hour by then. I'd been there since. And I remember thinking, I will never have to work again. <laughs> I got 300 bucks. But I found out real quickly because I went and bought me them Reebok tennis shoes, and I got me an Argyle sweater, can I get a witness? And some of them Argyle socks. Come on, Ray, you had some, don't act like you were Ray shaking your head. I know, I know, I understand. But I mean, man, but you know how quick my $300 went away? I even got me some 501 button flies. Man, I, I was finally had some decent clothes wear at school and I thought, man, I have a ride. I got some Reeboks and some button flies and an Argyle sweater, but I'm broke. <laughs> but I <laughs> Not everybody, not everybody didn't have them, but I felt like that might get me somewhere and it didn't get me anywhere. But who are the they? But they are those who heard the gospel on this side of the rapture and refused to submit to God. What about the people who will be saved during Great Tribulation? Say, wait a minute, preacher, I've read my Bible. And I'm glad you have, and I want to help you. Uh, Preacher, I've read Revelation chapter 7. I know there are going to be multitudes of people saved during the tribulation. What about them? Is that going to be me? Well, multitudes will be saved. But I am of the firm conviction that those who will be saved during the great tribulation are those who never heard the gospel on this side of the rapture. See, in Revelation chapter 7, here's what the scripture tells us. That there are going to be 144,000 sealed men of God. Sealed. are going to have the seal of God on them. 12,000 from each of the 12, 000, 12, 000 from each of the 12 tribes of Israel. So 140. I learned my math. 12 times 12. Remember, you, do, you your timetable tables. 12 times 12. When you got to 12 times 12, you'd hit it, man. 144. You got it. 144,000 missionaries sealed with sealed God. They will not be able to be harmed or killed by the Antichrist during the Great Tribulation and they will preach the gospel during that time. And here's what's amazing. You talk about evangelism, you talk about people, the numbers of people who will be born again during that time are beyond any number that can be numbered. Here's what old time preacher said about that. See, I like... To read new stuff and I like to read old stuff and I went back and read some old time preachers on this stuff oh Oliver B. Green and here's what he said he said you may rest assured beloved if you have heard the gospel of the truth and refuse to accept it when the rapture takes place and you are left on this earth you will not be saved after the God will send you strong delusion and it will be impossible for you to believe the truth you will believe the lie the antichrist and you will be doomed you say you know that's harsh it's kind of strong but you know what it's right and it's right because we need to understand that I agree with Dr. Green I've studied the scripture for over 35 years and many are far smarter than me and I've yet to discover one place nor have I had anyone show me a place give me any scriptural evidence where people who reject the truth on this side of the rapture will have any opportunity to be saved on the other side so I don't know, but I tell you what I can tell you to the contrary I have much more evidence to support that now is the appointed time and that today is the day of salvation. Strong delusion. Well, let me move on to verse 12, and I gotta share with you here about strange deception, and I'm done. Verse 12 says these words again. <clears throat> that they may all be condemned who did not believe the truth but had pleasure in unrighteousness. Two words I want you to notice. The first notice I want you to know is destiny. We all got a destiny. And here's what the scripture says about those who choose this destiny. The back of your Bible, and you don't have to turn there, I'm just gonna walk through it with you. In Revelation chapter 20, verse 11, we're given the account of the great white throne judgment. Now let me tell you something about this judgment, okay? Okay the Bible says in Hebrews nine twenty seven, this is appointed unto man once to die and after this the judgment now listen for the redeemed child of God here's some great news you're not going to be here okay if you're a redeemed child of God you're not going to be here it ought to give you joy that you're not going to be here <laughs> amen Whew, amen thought they done shot me but anyhow. <laughs> it ought to give you great joy that you're not going to be here but it ought to break your heart for those that are See for the child of God according to Second Corinthians chapter 5 you're gonna stand at the great uh, excuse me the judgment seat of Christ. The judgment seat of Christ takes place after the rapture of the church when we meet the Lord in the air and we stand before the Lord not as lost or saved because we are redeemed we've met him in the air but we stand before the Lord to give an account of the works done in the body whether good or bad and our works will be tried so as by fire. What's been done for the glory of God will stand what's been done for some to try to get our own uh, you know make a name for ourselves or for some kind of foolish reasons we'll burn up before our very eyes but this judgment right here is the one that really breaks my heart because this is where those who will stand who have no hope of salvation here's what the scripture says John the Revelator says I saw a great white throne him that sat on it from whose face the earth and the heaven fled away and there was found no place for them and I saw the dead small and great standing before God and the books were opened wait a minute what books well I believe you could start with these 66 books be judged from these books I'm sure there are other books but then it says there was another book open which is the book of life and the dead were judged according to their works and the things which were written in the books and the sea gave up the dead who were in it and death and Hades delivered up the dead who were in them and they were judged according to each one of their works then death and Hades were cast into the lake of fire this is the second death listen here and anyone who was not found written in the book of life was cast into the lake of fire now I know people say you know you just you know hellfire and brimstone preachers no no if you hear me like that you're hearing me wrong I'm not telling you this today to get any joy any jolt or anything out of this I am telling you stay because it's in the word of God it is very serious and you cannot mess around with your eternity let me say this There are too many people that love you. We could start with God the Father, the Lord Jesus Christ and the Holy Spirit and we could go down to everybody everybody that love you and care for you and do not want to see you make the terrible choice that your destiny would be a lake of fire. It's the worst thing that could ever happen. It's the most terrible thing we could ever imagine and it's painful to even think about but friend, it is a reality. Can I tell you, we are closer to that day than we have ever been. A terrible destiny well, let's talk about finally the decision he said the reason this happened is because they did not believe the truth and had pleasure in unrighteousness well, let's be real honest for a minute Bible is very clear that there is pleasure in sin but it's not forever Sin can appear to be pleasurable and it can even be something that makes you feel fulfilled for a period of time. But ultimately you will be left with a void that only God can fill. You will be left with a life of sin that can only be forgiven by the Lord Jesus and through his shed blood. It's easy to find pleasure in unrighteousness but if you're living in this world today without a saving relationship with the Lord Jesus Christ, I want you to know, friend, you can also be living in bondage today and be set free this morning and you can live a life of peace and joy like you've never experienced and you can live with knowing that you belong to Jesus and that the lake of fire will never see you. what Jesus say about it? Do you know what I always like to do? Brother Bob is, when I look sometimes and I try to get an opinion about stuff like everybody else, I found it's real good just to go back and see what Jesus had to say about it because he is truth, right? Here's what he says about you being free. Talking to his disciples in John chapter eight, if you abide in my word, you are my disciples indeed. You shall know the truth and the truth shall make You may be living a life of sin and revelry and think you're just having the time of your life. You may think you're surrounded by people that just make you feel fulfilled. But I'm here to tell you today, friend, the longer you live in this world, the more you'll get interested in the next one. But today is your day. You have no guarantee. We see it all around us. We see people in all sorts of dire situations today What I want you to know is is that Jesus Christ loves you too much to just leave you alone. You say, "What? I just wish you'd just leave me alone. If I can just get out of this room and get in my car and get on down the road, I'll be just fine. No, you won't. You won't be just fine. He, He loves you too much to leave you alone. And I want you to know he wants to have a relationship with you so that you don't experience what we just talked about this morning. Father, in Jesus' name, I want to thank you for your word. And I want to thank you for how it speaks to my heart, reminds me of my own weaknesses, reminds me of my own inabilities, reminds me of how feeble I am apart from the truth that comes from you. Father, today you know my heart. You know my heart's for people to know you. You know my heart, Father, is just to deliver the message and invite people to follow the master. Father, my heart today is for those in this room yet to make a decision to follow you. My heart beats for those that may have a head knowledge of you but never have a heart knowledge may have gone through the motion, followed the steps, filled out the cards, and all those things, but yet never entered into a love relationship with you and are living with no certainty of forgiveness of their sin. Father, I pray today that you'd make somebody free indeed. And God, that you would set this church free if any worries, any cares or concerns about what other people think or what other people do. But that, God, we would get our hearts so focused on you that all we'd want to do is praise you. All we'd want to do is serve you. All we'd want to do is give you glory and honor for all that you've done, what you're doing, and what you're going to do. Father, I pray today you'd set somebody free. In Jesus' name. Amen and amen. Let's stand our feet all across the house. My friend, on this invitation today, if God has spoken to your heart, I plead with you to honor God with your decision today because you matter to God, you matter to me, you matter to others in this room. We don't want to see you reject him and wait one day too late. Marty, you lead us when you're ready. You come as the Lord speaks to your heart today.
1: Let's make this our prayer this morning. change my heart. Change my heart, oh God.
0: get Marty to do something here in just a moment. We're going to start back with that You Are the Potter part, and just sing it together. Here's why I want to do that, because I know there are times in your week and my week, and I'm sure you've had great challenges this week. Our family's had great challenges this week, and, you know, to be honest with you, this week shaping up to be pretty challenging, too, right? But, but you know, it's okay. It's okay, because I heard old Adrian say one time, he said, peace isn't the absence of problems. It's the addition of the power. It's not going through life without any storms, it's going through life with Jesus in your boat. Amen. And I'm just grateful to God. I, you know, he's not just in my boat. He is the boat. He's not my co-pilot. Amen. If he's your co-pilot, y'all are in the wrong seat. Amen. He's a pilot. He's holy. He's sovereign. He's he's an awesome uh, Lord. And so, there are so many times we just need Him to mar us in His hand, like the potter. You know, when the potter mars the clay, that clay gets real uncomfortable sometimes. But when He's done, He's able to present something that's beautiful. He's working on your life. And you know what He's saying? You're His workmanship. Ephesians chapter 2, you are his workmanship. You're a child of God, which literally means you are his masterpiece. I mean, you go home to lunch today, sir, and you look at your wife or your daughter, your your sweetheart or whatever, and you just look at them and say, check out this masterpiece. And they're going to say, he's still working on you, right? And that's okay. I'm just glad he's working, aren't you? there were some times this week I say, I would say to the Lord Lord it's real uncomfortable but if this is what it takes to make me more like your son because he did say that's his, that's his destiny for his children is we would be molded and made in the image of God's dear son so we're going to sing this chorus, this little portions chorus together and I want you to know this is my prayer for you this week is you know I want it to be good for you, I don't want you to hurt I don't want you to be sick. I don't want you to have any. I want you to be comfortable and all that kind of stuff. But I want to tell you, I'm most concerned is that the potter mars you in his hand and you start looking more and more like his son every day. Amen. Say, lead us, Marty. Let's sing that together. Ready? You are the potter. Aren't you glad I am? God, mold me and make me. This is why I pray. Oh, yeah. Change my heart, oh God. Oh, yes. Think about it now. Make it ever true. Oh, here's our goal
1: change my heart.
0: a hand of praise for speaking to us today. Amen. Amen. Thank you. You can be seated. While you're being seated, our ushers are coming. We'll receive our morning tithes and offerings. I encourage you to be faithful this week. as as every week. Uh, had a lot of good things last weekend. We had a great time. Gridiron Day. We talked about some on Wednesday night. Want to tell you how, what a blessing it was to see so many people just serving and looking, any opportunity to serve just meant so much and, and it's greatly encouraged by the day and I know many others but I just uh, looking into today and then the rest of the month, rest of the week, let's just be faithful, uh, we've got a great mission ahead of us but here's the good news, we got a great master leading us, amen he's in charge so as we give today let's give from our hearts cheerfully joyfully and sacrificially you join with me as we ask God's blessings before we dismiss, a couple things. Uh, I know uh, moving in this week, several prayer things I'd ask you to keep in front of your heart. Of course, pray for folks uh, across our congregation, across our community. Pray for our schools and businesses and everything else. I I went by business the other day to get some dinner, and they were having to close at five o'clock in Calhoun County because they didn't have enough staff to run their restaurant. And uh, that's happening not just in restaurants, it's happening in a lot of businesses and things like that. It's not just uh, folks not, not taking a job, it's a lot of people sick and a lot of people, you know, out and recovering and all that kind of stuff. So there's so many, so many folks that need our prayers, uh, you know, in our schools and stuff like that. This Delta variant is will seem to be more susceptible with children and things like that. So that's in effect, so pray for that. Uh, do pray going into this fall I know there's a lot of you know questions about what do we do from here as far as scheduling and I'm going to be very honest with you. right now uh, I believe the very best thing for us to do is keep what we have not really try to add a whole lot to that right now because we don't know where we're headed I mean we're going to keep meeting in person if at all possible the only way we wouldn't is if there was just got so bad we had to do what we're done for and we will make the best decision I really believe that church is essential. I, I am a believer in that, but i am also got a noodle to think with up here and I, all that kind of stuff. So and I do uh, trust people to, to help us with those decisions, but we will make the very best possible. Uh, so we'll continue with our Sunday morning we'll keep with small groups at this time and if that needs to change we'll do we'll continue with our 10 o'clock worship we'll continue with our Wednesday format for the foreseeable future I'd love to be able to add some D groups and things like that and Sunday evenings and things like that for some 6 or 8 week periods in the future but right now we just don't know. Amen. And I think we're doing good to get to do what we're doing, just to be honest with you, because we still don't know what's out there. And uh, But here's what I want to ask you to do. Don't get on either side of this some of this senseless fight that the devil's trying to rage in churches today. Okay? You hear me? Don't, I mean, I, if you choose to take a vaccine, I love you. If you choose not to, I love you. I respect you. I support you either way. I went ahead and took mine. Okay, I didn't for a long time because I, I'm like y'all. I'm like that's snake oil or something. You know, I don't know. You know? I mean, I. But I just I waited and I felt that it was pro time. So about two weeks ago, uh, within four hours of taking the shot, I saw little angels flying around playing harps and all kinds of stuff. Yeah, it was wild. So they told me I must have had it. Didn't know it, but anyhow, nevertheless. Um, at some point but nevertheless that was my personal decision you make your personal decision I love you either way we're not going to get caught up in that okay I see people I mean just won't come but our church has been great amen y'all have been wonderful I love you you have really supported each other I have not seen the horror stories at Heflin Baptist Church that I've heard a lot of other places so and if you need to wear face covering, you feel free to do that. If you choose not to, that's okay. We're not going to make you feel weird either way, okay? Because we're all living through something we've never lived through before, okay? We don't know. it. Here, ultimately, let me tell you where it ends. It ends at judgment anyhow. So that stuff is not what we're going to get caught up in. So as your pastor, and as your friend, and as your shepherd, and somebody that loves you and there's nothing you can do about it, I'm telling you, let's keep our eyes on Jesus. Let's not get caught up in the political squabbles and all the stuff that goes on. Let's not let that affect our fellowship and let's walk with God together. Does that sound good? Sound real good? I believe I'm among people. I'm just preaching to the choir. Y'all know this stuff. I'm not having to convince y'all or whatever, but um, I know that there are places, and you hear them too, where there's problems over these issues that shouldn't be, and I don't want that to be an issue for you okay we love you we care about you and we don't all have to agree on everything we all don't have to make the right the same decision on everything but here's what we do agree on that there is one God and one mediator between God and man and his name is Jesus Christ who went to the cross and bled and died for the sins of the world and he says whosoever will let him come take the water of life free we believe the blood of Jesus is sufficient and if we'll stay focused on getting people to Jesus I'll tell you what because you know what the only cure for eternal death is the blood of Jesus Christ amen and that's where we need to be focused so I just wanted to share that with you I just hear a lot of stuff and I'm just grateful to be here with y'all because I don't hear that from y'all, but I just want to make sure if you do, don't let it get in your mind. Don't let it get in your heart. Let's love God. Let's love one another. Let's support one another. Let's be neighbors and friends and brothers and sisters in Christ, and let's just keep going. we got too much behind us to let the world blind us. Amen. That's what old preacher told me. He said, I'm too blessed to be depressed. I'm too encouraged to be discouraged. Amen? God is good. So let's stand together. Hey, before Marty singing out, I want you to know I love you. There's not a thing you can do about it. And uh, Wednesday night at 6, I look forward to seeing you. Marty, sing when you're ready.
1: We will over.